This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 246 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week is my buddy, Bill Lack. Bill, can you believe this is number 246 of this ridiculous podcast? I can't believe... I, I wonder if anybody's listened to all, has ever listened to all of them. I'm sure that not, because even I haven't listened to all of them. Well, yeah, but you were there for the... Uh... The one just you're there for takeoff doesn't mean you have to be there for recovery, you know. Exactly. Listen, I'm barely in the room by the time we finish these podcasts. I'm I'm on autopilot after about. 10 I understand. Me too, brother. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I figure we have to get together and talk about the Reds a little bit because there's so much going on right now in the in, <laughs> in, with the Reds, right? Yeah, the, the, the we're being uh, veritably flooded with information. The idea to continue doing this uh, over the off season uh, every week. Uh, we, I'm not sure we really uh, understood the implications of that, but we're having fun. It's always fun to talk about the Reds, and there's still still some hope here. Uh, so a few things I want to talk about. Not a whole lot going on, but there has, was a little bit of news this week. First of all, it, can you believe we're just basically a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting to uh, spring training? Does that blow you away as much as it blows me away? Yeah, in fact, I'm very excited. I'm not going to get to see the Reds in spring training, but we are going to Florida, and we are going to catch some spring training baseball when we're down there the first week of March. Nice, nice. Well, I couldn't find when the Reds are actually, when pitchers, I don't think they've announced when pitchers and catchers are actually reporting. But uh, most teams are going to be reporting sometime mid-February, and I assume the Reds will as well. And uh, we started to get our first little bit of news about spring training, which is that the Reds have invited 18 non-roster players to spring training for 2019. So, uh, these are these are guys who are not on the 40-man roster, but have been invited to big league camp to start spring training. A few yep. in- interesting names on there. I bet there's one that stood out to you, Bill. Yeah, there was uh, uh, Anthony Bass. Yes, Anthony Bass, right-handed. Wait a minute. <laughs> I see what you did there. Obviously, uh, Nick Senzel is the guy uh, that uh, was no surprise yeah. to anyone. Since since we're talking about Senzel right off the shoot here. And you and I have gone around, you know, talked multiple times this year about whether he'll be on the opening man, uh, opening day roster. Are you convinced 100% with this change in what we believe is a change in philosophy in the front office that he's going to be on the opening day roster? Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any chance he'll be on the opening day roster. Oh, you think there's no chance he will be? I think there's zero chance. I haven't changed. I think he should be. As I've said, the top 25 guys need to be on that roster if the Reds are serious about not being the Reds they have been. So, so what, you, you, what do you think? They're going to hold him out till May for the extra year? Oh, yeah. No, not, no, not till May. They'll hold him out. It's going to be two weeks or something is all it will take to get. Oh, is that what it is? I thought it was the beginning of May. But, okay. If you're going back to May, you, you avoid that Super 2 deadline, which is, would it's basically just money. Um, and it's not my money, so I, I don't mind. But, uh, but that doesn't know. mean they won't wait till May. It's they, somebody's money. Oh, boy, if they wait till May. <laughs> I can hear you howling now. Oh, I mean, I'm already going to be upset if he's not there on opening day because there's no question. If he's healthy, he's he's the guy. He's one of the top 25 players. 
uh, right now uh, and, and could help the team. And, you know, giving away your best chance at winning two weeks' worth of games, to me, I don't know. I want wins this year. And so uh, I get it. I understand the I understand the business reason for it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the argument is that you're giving away two weeks. You know, you may be giving away an opportunity for two weeks to pick up an opportunity for a whole year. Yeah, and my whole thing is always, and I get it, and I really, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to be upset about it, but I will understand it. Okay, I, I, there are good arguments in favor of keeping him down. This year, I think they can even make an argument that there's a legitimate baseball reason to keep him down. If if they still, by that time, at the end of spring training, think that he still has a chance to be a center fielder, you can say, well, we're going to give him some game action in center field. Uh, or, or left field, right field, anywhere, because he's not played uh, much of anywhere but second base and third base for some reason. As if the Reds didn't anticipate there was going to be, uh, they were going to need a spot for him on the big league roster. But, well, and, and, and since they wasted, they completely wasted his opportunity of doing this stuff last year. Yeah, just the, 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 the way they handled Nixon Zell last year was nothing short of disastrous. Yeah, not, not that not that not that we want to beat a horse any more than we already have. Yeah, it, it, it's already We've, dead, Bill. We beat that dude to death, yeah. Yeah, um, so, but he was uh, invited to uh, spring training. And he was given, uh, it was uh, noticed on Twitter that he's been given the, uh, assigned the number 15 for the spring, which uh, is not the typical, you know, 82 that you get if you're a uh, non-roster yeah. invitee. And uh, uh, and it's also George Foster's old number, so I hope uh, Nixon Zell's already begun growing his sideburns. Long sideburns. Well, and, and, and his voice is probably going to have to get higher. A little bit, a little bit. And he's going to hit the ball a lot farther. A lot further and a lot more often. Yes, yes. Which will be fine. Sideburns, home runs, I love them all. We can handle, we, I can handle 52. Sure, sure. Um, some other that interesting. I get him into the starting line. If, if he was hitting at a 52 pace, they would probably find a place for him to play. Not ahead of Scooter. <laughs> um, so he's he's going to be there, no surprise. Taylor Trammell. The uh, the outfielder who has not played above single A, he's going to be in uh, big league camp, which is good to see. Um, Tony Santillan, who's a guy that I think should be in the mix for the number five starter, depending on uh, who the actual starters are going to be when, once we get there. He's going to be there. Tyler Stevenson, former first-round pick, who I, as well hasn't played above A ball, but uh, when healthy has looked really good. So some interesting names there uh, to watch this spring. Yeah, and, and, and Doug mentioned, and I think that the, the I don't know how you pronounce the kid's name, Friedel. Yeah, T.J. Friedel. I think he's an interesting. It, it's interesting. I mean, he hasn't. He's. I don't think he's been above a ball either. But uh, yeah, I he, think he, he was a double A last year. He played for Pensacola last year. Did he make it to double? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's an interesting name on there. He is, and he's actually a center fielder. Yeah, and which is the point Doug was making in his in his post on Red Lake Nation. Yeah, there's they're not that many of those uh, in the organization right now. I guess other than Jose Siri, who, uh, you know, uh, I didn't see his name on that list, actually. Well, no, his name was not on that list, which is interesting. He's but on, he was mentioned he, it in, in, in an interview uh, with uh, Nick Williams, or with Nick Williams. Siri's probably he, on the 40-man, though. I don't have that in front of me. I, I bet that's why he's not. I don't have the 40-man in front of me either, but I bet he is. Because he, yeah. he was in training camp last year. That's when he hurt his, yeah. got hurt. In a, in a, I think it was the first spring training game. Yeah, to show you all the preparation we did for this one, I don't have it up in front of me, but I'm sure Siri is. So, um, And Siri's a little closer to the big leagues than uh, Trammell, certainly. But uh, Friedel's an interesting name. He's a guy that I'm not sure is a big league starter as a center fielder, but a pretty good backup, possibly. He's on base. Uh Athletic, good defensively. So, 
you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's the middle of winter, and uh, we're talking about non-roster spring training invites. That's about the that's about the extent of it for. Uh, yeah, I, it definitely you know. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, Dick Williams and, and center, he is on the forty man. Yeah, um, for some reason, Lance McAllister, number seventy-five. Speaking of what you were talking about, he's number seventy-five. Outstandings. He's probably not going to make the team. He's the uh, you know he's he's the le- he's playing left tackle. <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's not true, Bill. Um, the other day, Lance McAllister was talking to Reds uh, president of baseball operations, Dick Williams, and asked him if uh, it's sort of a strange question. But uh, that was the the question that you were talking about in terms of Williams' answer was, "Have you considered uh, Jose Peraza?" getting a look-see in center field uh, this spring. Um, which, I mean, that's something we've talked about, but it, I don't think anyone's ever talked about it really outside of just uh, speculating. And Williams said, yeah, we considered it. To be honest, right now he's probably our best shortstop on the team. You don't always want to weaken yourself at multiple positions. If we weren't able to get anything done between now and opening day to address the outfield, I think we do feel comfortable. Uh, so that's the first part. If we weren't able to get anything done between now and opening day to address the outfield, which you know, that sounds like they're they're trying. They they realize that they're still making moves, hopefully. I think we do feel comfortable that we got guys like Puig, who's very athletic and who has played center. Shevler, athletic, has played center. Senzel, very athletic. We're interested to see what he can do out there. And, of course, Philip Urban's a guy who can play center. And we have a guy on the roster and Jose Siri, who's easily the best defender out of all that group. I just don't know if he's the offensive player yet we need at the big league level. But you do have options there that are probably ahead of t- uh, taking uh, Parazza, um from uh, shortstop, so uh, not a whole lot to unpack there. But any thoughts? My my thing is, are they, will they make any more deals? And and is and I was going to put this off till later, but every day be, I, I become more convinced that that they're they're done. I hope I'm wrong. Oh, come on, Bill. What happened to that optimism from the last time we talked? Time has passed, and nothing has happened. What, two three weeks? Yeah, oh. the off season is not long, my friend. A lot of guys still out there, though. I agree. A lot of trade still we had. The Brewers are making a trade every day. It seems like. Well, that's the Brewers, and that's part of what uh, goes into my. Uh, I'm getting kind of antsy here. You know, why aren't the Reds? Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, See, yeah, you're saying the same thing I'm no, saying. I'm, but... I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, I, 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 I'm not as optimistic as I was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Well, as you guys were talking about last week, there's no doubt they're they're going to be better in 2019 than they were in 2018. How could they not? Right. You know, it would it would be almost it would almost take a concerted effort to not be better. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the rest to try. Um, but that being said, I'm not as convinced that there's a long term plan for being better. Uh, in 2019. Past 2019. I, th- I think that the fact they haven't traded any of the top prospects is uh, a part of the plan past 2019. Except that's always been their plan. We're going to build from within. And they haven't had good enough players to be good, players that developed enough to make them any better. All right, right. Their better players are still not quite ready for the big leagues. And so that pushes, that's the, your long-term plan still. Yeah, but they've always, you know, that was the plan last year. Yeah. Was you know, got these pitchers that are going to get better and they're they're going to they're going to make us better. Yeah, well, that screw, didn't and, happen, and they screwed it up. They didn't develop the pitchers. I, I, right. You're right. So you know we can't d- say that that can't still be the plan. You're talking about a different group of people. You're, just because it didn't work, 
doesn't mean that it won't work this next time. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is the definition of insanity is keep keep doing the same thing and, and expecting a different result. Well, if you're expecting uh, Robert Stevenson to be the ace and that's your plan, then yeah, that's doing the same thing over and over. But if you're expecting Jose Siri and uh, Taylor Trammell and uh, Nick Senzel and uh, you know Tony Santillan and this next, but, group, it, but here's my here's my on. problem with that thinking. And I'm not saying that you're not right, but what I'm saying is some of the same people. Are making the same the, 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 are making the same decisions that brought them along, that brought the people along before them that weren't successful. No. So why should we think that the, the same group of people bringing them along? Now there have been some changes in the minor league organization, but not a whole hell of a lot in the minor league organization. Uh, you know, I just think I, I don't know. I am uh, willing to give it is uh, in a lot of respects a new regime making the decisions. In the front office, yes. On the minor league coaching field, not as much. Well, they changed all the minor league. Uh, they changed the director of player development. They changed the. Uh, I'm talking about on the field level. Well, maybe not. I, you know, they just announced the coaching staffs yesterday, and there was some moving around, but there wasn't a whole lot of new blood. Yeah. Well, the question is, are they going to be teaching the same things? I guess, and um, or are they capable of teaching anything? Yeah, it's. I mean, that's. I think it's a valid question. I agree, and I don't think they've earned the benefit of the doubt in terms of how they've developed. I mean, you, especially we, pitching. We talked last year in the fact that guys don't seem to get any better. You know, they they get to a point in their minor league career, and we go, "Oh, wow, he looks like he's really good," and he comes to the big leagues, and he never improves. You know, he never blossoms. Yeah, I think that's clearly been a problem. Get a phone call there, Bill. In the middle, doesn't everybody know that you're doing a podcast right now? I, and I don't have my phone up here, so I didn't have it turned off. Unbelievable. This is I know. How the, unprofessional. The lack of professionalism that you're displaying here is uh it reminds me of uh, you know You know what? Find me. <laughs> I don't I think I think it works pretty well for the for a podcast about a team that's lost ninety plus games. And now my phone's ringing. See? Look at that. It's probably the same same uh, spam thing that I was getting. Probably, except that uh, mine didn't ring because I had it on uh, silent. I'm professional. Well, mine didn't ring. That was my iPad ringing. It wasn't even my phone. Uh, either way. Are we still on the, the uh, 40 man or where, where are we? Well, let's, I want to I circle back to something that you said about, um, okay. you know, uh, sort of the plan. And, and I think it's it's. I'm optimistic still, absolutely optimistic. I think the Reds are better than they were last year, and that's part of what I ask for out of this offseason. And I'm not arguing I'm not arguing that they'll be better in 2019 than they are in 2018. Well, I'm, about, I'm, I'm, I'm just about to agree with, uh, I think, agree with sort of what you were saying a moment ago, which is that they will be better, but I, I don't know that any of the moves they've made this offseason so far, I don't think they've made any moves that strengthens that strengthen the organization long term. Yep. But I also don't think they made any moves that weaken the organization long term. I agree with that. So, but but right now I couldn't tell you that the 2020 team will be better than the 2019 team. Right, right. I mean, I think that's I think that's fair because really what the Reds have done is strengthen 2019 so far yeah. and maintain. I mean, how many they, guys are in their walk year? Well, that's what I'm going to say. But but they've maintained flexibility. To make moves, to, you know, they've really not, it's not cost them anything to get better for 2019, essentially. 
And so they still got money. They still got prospects to trade to strengthen long term. But you know what? They haven't yet. And at some point, you know, they're going to have to bring in guys that are going to help the team long term. Now, is that pitching? Uh, John Morosi, MLB Network, reported this week that uh, the Reds are still, uh, I think he reported the Reds and the Phillies are the two teams that are still hot and heavy on Dallas Keuchel. Um, obviously, uh, I, I thought a trade for maybe Corey Kluber, even though that's going to be uh, terribly expensive, um, is more likely than signing Kukul. Kukul. Kuchel. There's a question letter about Kuchel, and that's what I had in my head from our viewer mail. Um, so, if I'm you still- could have Kuchel or Kluber, which one would you have? Um, Corey Kluber. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to give up something more than money. So that's the, that's the other thing is that if you can sign Keuchel, then you still have the flexibility of uh, whoever you would have traded for Kluber to go improve the team elsewhere, either either in terms of more pitching, a center fielder. You know, I think that uh, I think dipping into the free agent pool for a pitcher, and Keuchel's really the only one out there that that makes sense at this point. And some people don't think he makes sense. I do. You sign him, you still have uh, the prospects that you would have had to trade. Um, and not just prospects, even major league uh, talent that you would have had to trade for Kluber. So, and you can still go out and improve the team long term. If, 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 you, if you want Kluber, it's, you're, you're, it's going to hurt you to, do, to get him. Sure. And I'm okay it, with it, that. It, it's going to be one of those ones where you're going to go, oh, man, I hate giving him up. Yeah. But I'm okay with that because that's who you have to give up to get a guy that can help you. Right. You know, like you know, like you said, they won't trade him straight up for Scooter Jeanette, as you guys were talking about last week. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd make. Oh, that I think I would too. I would too. But I'm, I'm guessing that the Indians would. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, so, but you know, if you if you make that trade and it, it, it hurts you to do that, then you still have some flexibility, maybe to go out and sign a center fielder, AJ Pollock. Either way, whoever they get next. They've got to start getting guys that are not, you know, not going to walk at the end of this season, and that's the part of this uh, sort of, you know, moment where the Reds have pushed towards uh, being a more competitive team. That's the thing we haven't seen that I think goes back to what you were really getting at, at first, which is that yes, they're better, but uh, you know, they've not done anything to improve fundamentally. Uh, you know, that's going to help the team for the next four years. Which is what they, I'm really they, they, to see. They've improved the major league team, but they have not improved the organization. Well, they've been true, true. I think that's true. I think that's very fair. Um, but I, you know, I can also say that they still do have the ability to do that because they've not traded anybody away really, other than you know a couple of uh, of low minor guys um, who are decent prospects, but still low minors. So, so anyway, uh, I don't know. At some point, it's got to be more than we got good guys in here to coach now and to be the manager. We got we're we're thinking outside the box, but at some point, you're going to get some players. You know, you, you can't just depend on um, the fact we're, we're, the organization is doing things differently, and we're going to develop those these prospects. Whereas we weren't able to develop them before, and and uh, you know, um, Derek Johnson, the new pitching coach, is going to turn guys around. You know, it's you can't depend on that, and they've got to start bringing some players into the organization. That uh, that are going to be around for the next few years. That are going to be you know, cornerstones. Yeah, I, I spent too many years watching this team and watching the Bengals with the "we'll coach them up" philosophy to believe that that's going to be a way to turn your 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 franchise around. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm very happy with the guys the Reds have in place on the big league level anyway. 
you know, they just uh, signed a former Red, Caleb Cotham, to be the assistant pitching coach. And if you go look into what Cotham's been doing the last few years, just he has really uh, gone all in on analytics. And it's going to be his job as a sort of a younger guy, he's just 31, to be able to get that through to the players, a guy that's been in a big league bullpen. And that's why he was, you know, uh, brought here to leverage uh, all this data and show the Reds how to uh, pitchers how to work smarter and to work more efficiently. I think that's great. I love that, that they have an assistant pitching coach whose really only job is an- delivering the analytics to the, the players. But I like the fact that they seem to be thinking in a different direction. Yes. I love that they've got a game planning coach or whatever they call him. Um, I love it. I think it's fantastic. But oh, and that's that, those are the things you have to do to improve your organization, absolutely. But until you get the talent... That's not. It's not enough, and I, I you know, and, and until they start getting some of that talent in, in here, you're gonna have to worry if it's just some window dressing uh, to avoid making the difficult decisions. Well, and 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 like you said, Anthony, and, and right now, I'll be honest with you, I'm at the point where I'm wondering, are they waiting until you know, thinking guys' prices are gonna go down as they get closer to spring training? You know, don't do that. Just spend the money, bring them in. Let's let's get let's move it on. You know, let's get moving here. You know what I mean? Yeah. How serious are we? Um, although I do think that there's a you know substantial chance that prices are going to come down because the free agent market's still not moving very well. I mean, Yasmani Grandal was uh, you know, one of the best uh, players on the market, former Reds uh, farmhand, and he just had to sign a one-year deal. I just saw. So I don't know. What's that? Are you there, Bill? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can now. Yes. Okay. Who did he sign with? Oh, gosh, come on. I don't remember that. What are you talking about? I didn't even see it. Yeah, I just but saw that it was a one-year deal. The performance in the playoffs did not help his marketing. I'm 99% sure it's the Brewers, but let me just pull that up just to make sure. Yeah, one year. $18 million, one year. Really? Well, wow, <laughs> that's really interesting for a guy. Um, you know, just uh, he was 29 last year. I don't know. Um, and an all-star. So... It's an. It's a really. The last two off seasons have been really strange. Uh, yeah, I think I did. I see yesterday that that they said that the payrolls went down last year for the first time since 2010, I believe. Yeah, and in the next breath, they uh, talked about the the Reds or the Major League Baseball had record revenue. This, yeah. this last year, so. Uh, so I saw someone suggest there's going to be a big time strike when this collective bargaining agreement's up, and I think that's probably going to be the case. They've got to change the, you know, uh, teams are smart enough now to know that you can't just go all in on free agents, that you can cherry pick some to fill in ro- spots in your roster, but that's not the, uh, which is what the Reds need to be doing, I think, uh, with a, a pitcher. Um, but you, just overpaying doesn't make sense. The guys you need to be paying are the uh, the ones that are producing in their 20s before they get to the free agent market. So, I don't know, something's going to happen big, but that's that's a question not for today. Um how about this? How disappointed are we going to be if we get to spring training and these are the players, the ones they've got? Well, and the other thing is, the way this roster is is sitting right now, does it make a whole lot of sense? And like you said, there's a big hole in center field that I don't think on an everyday basis Puig or Shebler can, can fill. You got four, probably five guys for the corner positions. You got yeah, you got five corner outfielders on this team. Six if you throw uh, Philip Irvin in there. Yeah, no. Point. And, and honestly, to be fair to Irvin, 
he doesn't have anything. I don't think he has anything left to prove at AAA. He is what he is. Yeah, but he's also not going to be a starter in the big league level. So, Not on this team. I don't think he's a not- starter on any team. I mean, I like Philip Urban uh, as much as the next guy, but he's a fourth outfielder to me. Nah, that, that's not to say there isn't somewhere that he could start, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. yeah he could start from our local high school team here. He's, we Here's the way I'll put it. The Reds have had worse starting corner out, have had worse outfielders than Philip Irvin start. Yeah, but I'm not sure that's exactly a, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying, you know. He's better than Chris Steins. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> I'll give you that. No, I like him. I just, I like him as a, as a backup guy. Better than, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I know the roster doesn't make sense as it's currently constructed. Cause the other part of that is you got no place for Nick Senzel. You know, the Reds. Yeah. They the, keep talking, they keep talking about, you know, him move, moving him around and him playing multiple positions. And I, and I don't think that's what you want to do with your top prospect effect in your system, in your, in your system. I don't know. The, you know, the Cubs have done it. They did it with Schwarber. They did it with uh, Chris Bryant. So, I mean, I think it can be done. But uh, I, given that he's the best defensive second baseman that the Reds ha- are going to have on their 40-man, you know, I mean, well, I'm not, I'm not talking about Scooter again right now. But uh, the Reds have done nothing to create a spot for him that that we can tell. Unless they believe he's a center fielder. If, yeah. if so, there's a spot for him. They open up a spot in center field. No one seems really confident that he is because no one knows because they didn't play him there last year for some inexplicable reason. And you know, and you're talking about Bryant. You know, I mean, he played a little bit around last year, but the year before, you know, he was basically a one-position guy. He is now, yeah. I mean, but, uh, you know, I, and I don't mind them doing that. That's my, my position. I'd rather, yes, I'd rather them have a have a place for him to play. I don't mind. Even when, he, even when he came up at 23, he played 144 games at third base and 20 games in the outfield. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just think your number one prospect, if he's on your, if, if he's going to play, he should have a position. I, I think you're asking a, a lot out of a kid to move around and master different positions defensively and hit at the big league level at the same time. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying you're asking a lot. I, I don't I don't have a problem at all with that as long as you're getting him 500 at bats, and I think you can find spots to get him 500 at bats. But I would have thought that this year the Reds, or this offseason, the Reds would have um, clarified what they wanted with him, and they've not done that. So, in terms of your original question, which is, does it make sense how this roster is constructed right now? Not not a lot. And they're going no, to try and, to... which is the same thing we said right after the trade, and and, and you can you kept you, 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 and I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, because because as it is now, you're still trying to push a bunch of uh, square pegs into round holes, right? Um, and wish they could do that. And, and as we said, they're a better team than they were last year. But it's just a really strange look. Uh, I yeah. think I'm going to be if there are no other moves that are that are made, no other signings, nothing. I think I'm going to be. Uh, I think I'm going to have to declare it a disappointing off season. Um, not as disappointing as as most recent off seasons, but. If they don't get the guy, you know, hash Brown, get the pitching. If they don't go get the pitcher, then yeah, all all they've gotten is some mid rotation guys. Ugh. Yeah, they've got guys. They got guys that are better than what they have, but they haven't gotten the guy. They haven't got the guy that that, that, that's going to start. They haven't got the guy that the minute they get him, they go, okay, there's your opening day starter. 
which is what we've said they needed to do. And if they don't get him, you got to think it's because they weren't willing to do what it took to get him, whether that was trade certain people or lay out the dollars. Or, 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 or the years. I, I would tend it probably has more to do with years than dollars. That's just my guess. Okay, but if they're not willing to do that, then, you know, some team is going to be willing to do that with these players. Yep. And well, you and, and we've gone round, you and I have gone round and round on this. You're, you're a no-limits guy. I'm a limits guy. Then, well, maybe, maybe, maybe then the Reds need to move to AAA or something. If they can't play on the big league uh, field, with a billion-dollar franchise, they're making, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And they can't if, – if you can't play on the same field as the Yankees, then just let's get at it. Why, why, am, I, why am I wasting my time with this team? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, if it gets to the point where I really truly feel like they can't compete, then I'm done. And But I don't think that's the case. I think they can if they want to. They can spend the money if they want to. Well, I, I agree with you, and, and I saw a question somewhere about this, and, and you know, and, and who, who's right? Is, is is Steve right in the article he wrote? You know, where he's talking about how they've got all this money to spend, or are the some of these other podcasts and the Reds beat writers right when they say, well, they don't have the money to spend? And, and really, it just it just the difference is how you look at it. Yeah, if you look at it as the value of the franchise being the amount of money that you have. Then yeah, they could spend as much as they wanted to spend. If you look at it as the Reds front office, at least in the past, looked at it, where they're trying to operate on a break-even or close to break-even philosophy, then no, they can't compete financially. So it just depends on which way you want to look at, you know, which side of the coin you want to look at, or who you believe. Yeah, well, and and, and we don't know what the numbers are. We don't know if the Reds are operating at break-even. Anyway, um, I wonder, because of all the uh, money from the sale of uh, MLB AM, the uh, sort of online arm of Major League Baseball Advanced Media that they recently sold, I think, to Disney, uh, you know, there's all this in, uh, income coming in, all this revenue, and, you know, I don't know. I have real questions. But, but again, the, the issue to me is if the Reds I – th- I, my position is it's a choice. They can choose to operate at a deficit for a few years here to recharge this organization. They can choose to do that. Um, it's easy for me to say because it's not my business. Um, but I know if they don't, if, if they don't want to do that and they decide to just give up, then Castellini is going to make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on the sale of this organization. Cause it is a He's billion dollars. do that anyway. It's a billion dollar franchise. Yes. So go sell a few more, uh, kumquats or a few more, uh, you know, heads of lettuce. And spend it on uh, making this team what they can be. Because if not, then you're not willing to do what it takes to be the owner of the Cincinnati Reds. That's yeah, you know, that's a fundamental. And I've I've sort of switched my uh, opinion on this lately. Um, just because the numbers have gotten so crazy about what this, this franchise is worth, and I spent a lot of time thinking about the Reds and writing about the Reds and talking about the Reds, and. If they are, if they don't want to compete with the other teams uh, in this division, even, then you know, I just don't, I can't come up with any rationalization for why I should waste my time on them. And so that's what I'm looking to see uh, this off season and, and the next uh, you know year or two. Are they willing to make the hard decisions and willing to lay out the money 
to make this team better. And I think we're absolutely still up in the air on that. I'm, I'm encouraged by what they've done so far this offseason, absolutely. But I think it's up in the air. I tell me where uh, I'm wrong. Did, did, did you read the, the Faye article today that came out today? Uh, I did not. I canceled my subscription to the Inquirer. Or I tried to. They, they, uh, they charged me without notifying me, without giving me any way to opt out on their website, as I looked for 10 times. Um, and they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't notify me. They just went ahead and, and re-upped me. So I caused a little stink and they, they canceled me. Ah. Well, anyway, this article by Faye. <laughs> or he goes sure, again. It's, no, actually you sound like me there. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes it, the article and it's mostly talking to David Bell, but it, it makes me sound like, like they're, where they're going to be when they go into spring training. Now, maybe I'm mis- you know, maybe I'm getting the wrong gist of this. And maybe this is Bell just Bell talking but and not the front office, even though, you know, from everything we're being told, he's going to be part of that decision-making process. Uh, but it, it 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 almost makes me, you know, feel like they are what they've got now is what you're going to see when they when they report out to Goodyear. I, boy, I hope that's not. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. And I don't think I would uh, go to the bank on anything that was reported in uh, local media. I mean, we've got uh, the last thing I read uh, on the Inquirer, the last thing I read before my subscription was canceled was um, somebody, I don't even know the name of this guy, had reported that uh, an MLB network reporter was reporting that uh, the Reds were still in on Dallas Keuchel. I mean, that's the that's about what, where we are. So um, I don't know. You got Dick Williams saying that, the Reds are looking to make more moves. You have uh, some reporters saying that they're still in on Keiko and still looking to make trades. I, you know, I don't know. Who knows what, what's the case? But I, if they're done, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm kind of happy because they're better. But man, it's just going to make me. Uh, I'm going to be looking with a, a sort of a questioning glance toward everything they do going forward because I'm going to be very skeptical that they're serious. I. Couldn't I couldn't do I couldn't agree more. Yikes! Let, let, let's talk, let's talk about. I got two guys I want to talk about for a minute on this team. Okay, let's hear them. First is Jesse Winker, a oh, favorite of yours and mine. I like me some Jesse Winker. Yep. Um, do you expect his power to improve with the shoulder surgery? Don't know. I don't think it has to though for him to be an effective big league player. But it sure would be nice. Oh, yeah, it'd be nice. It would be nice. Uh, and I don't know enough about his uh, shoulder situation to know if it's something that's going to hamper him long term. I sure hope not. I've always expected that his power would improve some. Everybody's no, my, always no I'm that. thinking about it the other way. The fact that he's had the surgery, now his power will get will improve. Ah, oh, well, you know, I, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, you know. I've always expected that he would eventually hit for more power, especially at the Great American Ballpark, because um, he's a gap-to-gap guy. And Great American Ballpark is everybody says it's a hitter's park, but really it's a it, it it boosts home runs, but not really anything else offensively. So the rest of his game's fine. If he can get a few more home runs, then he becomes all of a sudden a dynamite player. I like Jesse Winker. I do too. You know how he gets handled by the uh, administration in charge this year is going to tell me a lot as well. Because that guy's got to be hitting one or two in the lineup every single day to me. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's going to get on base. He's just, he's going to get on base 
You put him in the lineup, he'll get on base. This team is going to score some runs. They should. Well, it'd be nice if they had an ace at the top of their staff. Yes, it would. The other guy I want to ask you about is Suarez. Eugenio Suarez. Does his second half last year concern you at all? No, I've seen enough from him to know. I mean, you know, is he uh, going to be an all-star every year? I don't know that. Is he going to be an MVP candidate? Yeah, I'm not willing to say that. Um, I think where his numbers ended up last year might be, you know, what you can expect, even with the slump. And those are awfully good numbers. Um, I'm happy with Suarez, whatever we get from him. I'm not concerned at all about Suarez, who's going to be 27 this year. I just, I'm not. It, it doesn't concern me. You? Anytime somebody is so dramatically different from one half of the year to the next concerns me a little bit. Was it that dramatic? I mean, he was just yeah. crazy. Did you look at, have you looked at his splits? I'm trying to pull him up now if you just uh, let me. Um, how drastic was it? You know, I didn't write them down. I looked at them earlier. Let's see. First uh, half. Yeah, I had 73 OPS in the first half to a 785. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. So, so if you know, if the uh, if the truth is somewhere in the middle, you know, 880 OPS. Okay, yeah, I can live with that. Yeah, that's fine. You know, I don't need him to have the the 973 OPS, uh, 400 on base percentage. Somewhere right in the middle there is uh, just fine. But that's uh, again, I just I feel like there are. If you put him somewhere in the middle, you're giving him like Puig numbers. Okay, you I'll know, have... somewhere, somewhere around a 350 OPS, somewhere around a you know 480, 490, 500 slugging, something like that. Yes, those please. are numbers. Yeah, I, I would take that. Yeah, I can live with that. I can live with that. But it, it, like I said, it, especially when it's the second half of the year, you wonder about adjustments. You wonder about, you know. And and, and like I said, it's the off season. You know, I'm always looking for something to worry about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I just I, I put him way low on the list of things to worry about. So. Oh yeah, we've got we've got much more important things to worry about. There's oh, no doubt. No question about it. Including when are they going to sign Dallas Keuchel? Or trade for Corey Kluber. Or trade for Corey Kluber. Oh, please. Um, you want to answer some uh, some viewer mail questions, Bill? Sure. Hashtag viewer mail. As for, uh, right now, we're uh, accepting viewer mail questions on Twitter, at Red Leg Radio. So if you go to Twitter. Um, you still got your email fixed? No, nah, nah, I'm lazy. Um, I know how to fix it now. I just haven't done it yet because I don't want people to email me. I don't like people. Have I told you that? I thought that was me. No, I don't like people. You're you're a person, and I don't like people. No, I I don't like people. Oh, okay. I'm the grumpy old man of this group. That's true. That's true. Get I'm off so, my lawn. I'm supposed to be the bright-eyed optimist, and uh, I try to be sometimes. Or but, something. Yeah. So here's the first question. Come from Garrett Mann, at MovieMan98 on Twitter. Garrett asks, if you had to recreate the Nasty Boys with three pitchers that pitched out of the bullpen in 2018 for the Reds, who would you choose? Recreate the Nasty Boys. <laughs> there ain't none. <laughs> what about what about these three? What about I'd say um, Kevin Quackenbush, Giovanni Gallardo, and let's say uh, Kevin Shackelford. 
Okay. I'd rather I'd rather have Rob Dibble, Randy Myers, and, and uh, Norm Charlton at the age the they are now. Yeah. Than any I just I just saw the nineteen ninety season the other day on minor on Major League Baseball, uh, and, and it was funny because you know how they talk first they talk about the season and blah blah blah, and then they talk about the playoffs, and then they do the World Series. And when they were talking about the American League playoffs, the A's were saying, "We've got the best bullpen in the major leagues. Nobody can hit our bullpen. We've <laughs> yeah. nobody, you know." We, and then they get into the World Series, and who's who had the best bull? The Reds bullpen didn't give up a run in the World Series. Exactly. Yeah, and and the Reds but, touched up Eck in Game Two. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know uh, how to answer that question, Garrett. Uh, there's not three. Rosel Iglesias is the only one that. Uh, although you know, and I'm, he isn't. And he isn't as good as any one of those three. Ooh, I don't know about that. No, I think he's as Ooh, good. I, I think he's as good as those guys. Oh, I do. Yeah. Um, well, and I could see Amir Garrett becoming a shutdown reliever. I could. You know, I can. Squint, I could see, see Amir Garrett happen. becoming a shutdown reliever if he if he learns how to internalize. Yeah, maybe not nasty boy level, but I could see that. Um, you know, Lorenzen, I could see him. Uh, but uh, that's a far cry from uh, the incredible 1990 Nasty Boys bullpen. Um, so thanks for the question. Next question for viewer mail. Hashtag viewer mail from Coop at BTCoop71. Uh, based on the Reds' payroll projections and potential trade partners, is there any way Chad can convince the Reds to send me a free 1911 hat? I would say no. <laughs> I'm going to say no on that one. I'm sorry, Coop. Um, but maybe we can throw you a listener or two at uh, your uh, Hunt for Red October uh, podcast out there, Coop. Um, that's the question somebody asked me as well as, you know, other uh, Reds podcasts. I don't know why you need any other than this one, but uh, there are some ones that I enjoy. That's a good one. Uh, Locked on Reds, if you haven't seen that one, I uh, actually am going to be on an episode of that. Uh, probably, it's probably will be live by the time you hear this. So those are some good ones. Um, you're just famous everywhere. I'm very important, Bill. Every everybody wants a piece of Chad Dotson. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? You? Oh, oh come on! These two questions I'm going to ask uh, sort of side by side because they kind of go back to what we were just talking about, and I don't know that we need to really say anything more than what we've already discussed. I should have brought them up earlier, but uh, Michael Parter, Michael Parter, Michael Parker. I'm I'm good at the reading. Michael Parker says, what's your sense of the Reds' philosophy the longer we wait to hashtag, hashtag get the pitching? The fact that we have an unloaded top-tier talent tells me that we want to factor them into the next good team versus acquiring talent. Does this mean 2020 is the best bet for a good team? And uh, along with that one is this one from uh, Woo the Reds. How can the Reds hope to contend in a division where nearly every team, where every team finished 500 plus last season, nearly all of them have been improving this offseason without significant additional trades or signings? Is luck the only way they finish third? Even with those additions, still going to be a difficult hill to climb. Should the main goal this season be 500 plus? And should the Reds be targeting 2020 as the year to move all in for their next window? That kind of goes back to what we were talking about, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a lot. That was a lot of questions. It was a lot of questions, and I don't know how to answer any of them. Um, I think it's you know I think it's kind of what we were saying. Is this organization better long term over what they did in the offseason? I think the answer is no. Is the team better for two, two, nine, you know for nineteen? Yes. 
but you know, it's, it's yet to be seen if this is the final product of of of, of what the front office is going to give us when opening day rolls around. Yeah, signing a guy like Keiko helps you this year and in future years as well. It works both yep. ways. Um, I think that uh, Woo the Reds, which got a great uh, Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. I think that you know you can make an argument that internally, the Reds have said, "Listen, guys, we can't compete in 2019. Uh, we can't go all in right now." Now they're not going to say that publicly, but the moves they've made are consistent with the team saying, "All right, let's try to improve for this year," and without giving too much up. Without giving too much up, and that way we can kick the ball down the road a little bit because we screwed up the rebuild and. uh you know, and so we're not going to be as competitive as quickly as we'd hoped with this rebuild because they did. They screwed it up. There's no question. At the, on the front end of it, they screwed it up. Uh, you know, so it's maybe their way of kicking the can down the road a little bit and covering it up, hiding it by getting some guys in here that are going to improve the team for 2019. I, I can absolutely see that being the case. Um, and I can see it being a reasonable decision to make, especially given how strong the division is going to be. And, and if they believe that, then they have a then they have a deep belief that there is a talent in the organization that will either improve enough to bring enough in trades to make the team better in the long run, or will improve enough to be good enough on the major league level to make them competitive. Yeah, and I- and, and I think a way you'll be able to tell if that's the case is guys will start moving through this organization a little quicker through the minor league organization. Yeah, I don't expect that to happen. God, I hope so. I hope so, too. I hope so. I mean, there's no reason for somebody, unless there was an injury, there's no reason in the world for a guy to be at one level for a year and a half. You know, if Taylor Trammell's not at AAA by the end of the season, something's gone wrong. That's I would say he should be, a tri- he should be at AAA by the All-Star break. I would say he should be in Cincinnati in September. Depending on how he plays the AAA. Depending on, yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to depend on his production. So, uh, Michael Parker um, had another uh, question because he liked to ask questions. And we like Michael. So I thought this was a good one, though, that we could answer quickly. Who would be your top candidate for both a position player and a pitcher that could disappoint the most as far as counted on 2019 production? Who's going to be the biggest disappointment? Yeah, I want I want to say Matt Kemp for the position player side of it, but I'm not sure that I'm counting on him for much production, but I don't expect him to be much. Um, the easy answer there is uh, Scooter Jeanette, but I'm not uh, brave enough to say that. Can you think of any, any of them? Suarez of- concerns me just because of the second half. Okay, so you think that that's the, the candidate? I think he's a candidate. I hope I'm. I hope I'm dramatically wrong. And that may, maybe that's a disappointment, just in terms of where people think he is. You know, he may not be a superstar. And so remind like, me. Remind me. I want to ask you a scooter question before we oh when we're done here. Pitching uh, side, pitching side. Anybody that comes jumps to mind for you? It depends on you know how how good you expect you know what you expect out of him to begin with. But you know, I don't expect uh, David Hernandez to be as good as he was last year. Yeah, and you you, you didn't trust him all season long. I, he makes me nervous wreck every time he pitches. <laughs> it looks to me like everything he throws is up. Yeah, twice a week I'd get that David Hernandez text. I loved it. <laughs> um, to me, I think probably the same guy from the last several seasons, Anthony Discofani, just because he's got he does have talent. But again, I get I'm not really counting on him either. So yeah. Um. 
I like this let, one. Ask, let me before we go on. Let me ask you my scooter question. Okay, I tried to I tried to sneak by that. How how surprised are you that the Reds have not signed him? Uh, I'm not sure how to quantify that, but I am surprised. I'm not extremely surprised, but I'm surprised, and it. It's another data point in the idea that uh, Castellini has taken a little bit of a step back, and there are a number of data points this offseason. There's no that. doubt that there's been a change in thought in the thought process or in the enamoration. Is that right? Is that a word? That's a great new word that you just coined. Enamoration of, of Scooter Jeanette by the Reds. I mean, when we talked about this during the season, I would have bet that you and I both said there's a 75 to 80 percent chance that they will re-sign Scooter before the first of the year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I would agree with that. And the fact that that hasn't happened means something. The flip side is I'm not particularly surprised they haven't traded him because I don't think he's got a ton of value on the trade market. There's a lot of second baseman available, and I just you know he's been a really good hitter. Absolutely, last couple of years, but I'm just, he, he can't defend, and so I wonder if there's much of a market. And and really, I don't know what the Reds are going to do. You know, with him, uh, and, and I sense there's a little bit of, uh, you know, um, paralysis here, um, and, and that they don't know what to do with him. And you know, if, if he's your second baseman and you want to go all, all in on that, then you sign him. If he's not, are you just gonna let him walk like he did with uh, everyone else, Matt Harvey this past year, Zach Cozart? Well, the other thing, you, the other thing you have to wonder is whether they went to him to try to sign him, and he was so unreasonable in his expectations. All, all PR to the, to the, you know, the opposite, where you know he talked about wanting to stay here. I mean, and, and we, you can't dismiss that possibility either. That the Reds did try to sign him, and, and it was the problem was on his end. Yeah, it's absolutely. He might, he might think I'm going to be, you know, 29 um, after next season, and hey, let's uh, let's see what I can do on the free agent market and I couldn't really blame him and, and, and I don't think I could blame the Reds for saying okay then we're going to ride him if we can trade him before the trade deadline good um, but let's ride him and then we'll hand it and let's plug Sinzel in here there and everywhere until we get rid of him and then give it to Sinzel I mean I you know I just there's so many I, I would love to hear the conversations that are going on inside um, we need to plan a listening device in Williams office we do need to do that um all right, uh, 34 in 23, at 34INXXIII on Twitter. This is not even a question, but I wanted to say it because, you know, we've had this debate about whether it's viewer mail or whatever. And uh, I've said that I call it viewer mail in honor of David Letterman, who uh, is uh, the funniest man on the face of the earth, or at least was at one time. No, and, wrong. <laughs> get out. And, and I heard you talking about Phil Hartman last week, too, another guy that wasn't funny. You're, you're taking this grumpy old man bit and really going well, too know, far with you it. You remember Saturday Night Live when it was actually funny. Oh, my goodness. Let's hear it. Chevy Chase. I wasn't a Chevy Chase fan. Oh, my gosh. Um, this time Saturday Night Live was funny was when Eddie Murphy was on it. Um, that's, those were the worst years of Saturday Night Live. Those are the non-Lorne Michaels years. We're going to have to talk about this at some point, but probably not today. But anyway, uh, 34 and 23 says... Um, it just has the wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Thirty four at twenty-three? Thirty-four in twenty-three. Three four I N X X I I I. What would that mean? I don't know. Are we really gonna analyze his Twitter handle? I don't know. It seems like <laughs> I, I would assume it has to mean something. It's the off season, you know. We can uh 
Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> he quoted what the Letterman always used to say, uh, uh, which was actual letters from actual viewers. If they weren't, could I do this? And then he'd shake the cards in the air. So that's a David Letterman humor. On Base Machine, at Reds fan Brandon asks, do you think this is the year Ty Howington finally breaks out and reaches the majors? Yes or no question, no. Bill. A baby can no. answer it. No. <laughs> no. He's he's only 38. Ty Howington, of course, the Reds' first-round pick in the 1999 MLB draft. Maybe next year. He's still only 38. I don't know. He could do it. Last pitched in 2003 in high A. Yeah, that wasn't a great pick. So, uh, no, I'm going to say no as well. We, we both answer no there. We finally agreed. Um, I hate the sun. I probably saw, I probably saw him in Dayton. Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't make an impression on you, clearly. No. If it's possible to be objective about this, where would GABP rank on your list of MLB ball, ballparks you've been to? It's a good question. Uh, top three or four. Probably, uh, I really like Great American Ballpark. Um, it's way underrated. Uh, but the the Yankee, I've been, I was at the old Yankee Stadium. I've been to Fenway. I've been to Wrigley. Just the you know the atmosphere and the history and, and those kind of things make those t- ballparks tough to beat. Even though I sat I sat in the bo- in the in the uh, bleachers for a Red Sox Yankees doubleheader years and years ago, and it was great. So, but, so Lou Gehrig played, did you? Uh, no, Babe Ruth. Oh, okay. Gehrig was out of the lineup that day. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I didn't play that day. But they uh, they carted me for beer every time I went to the the concession stand under the bleachers out in right and in, in right field. I'm sure that's a lot of cards. That was a lot of cards that day. A lot of carbs too. Um, but uh, you know it's tough to beat the history of those ballparks when you when you you know when you're out. Um, I also where else have I been? The Astrodome, which was weird. Yeah, watching baseball inside is just strange. Yeah, I went to. Uh whatever it's called, Tropicana Field uh, indoor there where the Rays play. And that's like watching a game in a shopping mall. Yeah, it's it's a, it's very odd to watch in a, in a ball, in an indoor. But I really like Great American Ballpark. Um, I, um, I went to Miller, Miller, Miller Park up in Milwaukee a couple of years ago. Um, nice people. I was not overly impressed by the ballpark. Uh, other than the fact I love the, the, the fact that you can open and close the roof. Yeah. When the roof is closed, though, it is hot in there. I've, you know, I think Great American Ballpark to me is criminally underrated. I think it's a great ballpark experience. I really do. Um, up there with just about anywhere I've been, uh, Camden Yards in Baltimore is the only place that I would really rate higher. Well, yeah, I went there too. I was there and I went to the game at Memorial Stadium before Camden too. I forgot about those two. Yeah, I like yeah. Camden Yards too. But we were in. Uh, uh, the, a box, so that kind of skews your skews your uh, you know your experience a little bit. The only thing I went to old Yankee. I've been to New Yankee as well, but old Yankee and Wrigley, you know, they're both they're both kind of dumps, uh, but they do have all that history, which is great. But uh, to me, at Great American Ballpark ranks. Uh, I think it's compares favorably to any stadium that I've been to. Um, have you been to Pittsburgh? I have been. I've not been. I've been outside the stadium. Okay, we're, 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 we're planning on trying to get up to Pittsburgh this year. Yeah. 
it's gorgeous. Everyone says it's unbelievable. Um, Tom Fleischman, at Tom Fleischman, asks, who is the most likely red starting center fielder come August 2019? Nixon Zell, A.J. Pollock, Jose Siri, or other? I think it's other. I, don't I hope it. I hope it's Senzel, but I think it's other. Yeah, I, w- I would be happy if it was if it were Senzel. I don't think they're going to sign AJ Pollock, and I don't know that I want. Them. I mean, I like Pollock as a player, but he's just he's so injury prone. Um, Jose Siri's not going to be in Cincinnati by August 2019. I just I don't see his bat being ready um, then, if ever. Uh, so you know, I hope Senzel. I think probably other is most likely, and who that's going to be is going to be a big question over how we view this uh, this off season if they, if they go out and get somebody. Who's here's a, here's a, let me ask you a question. Who's the Reds' opening day center fielder? Um, Scott Shebler or Yasiel Puig. I say it's Puig. Yeah, I, I would lean towards Puig on opening day. But again, I hope it's Senzel, right? Yeah, we hope it's Senzel. Yeah, I hope Puig's in left in left field, or unless or unless they move Winker to left and put Puig in right. I would like that outfield of Winker, Senzel, and Puig. Oh yeah, they'll get on base. Uh. At half everywhere says thoughts on the hiring of Caleb Cotham. We already kind of talked about that, but any indication that the Reds uh, have made an investment in the technology hardware to support, uh, you know, the uh, the turn to data that the hiring Cotham. Uh, I don't know if they've made any investment in hardware. I've not heard of that anywhere, but uh, I do think that uh, they are turning more towards data, which is a great thing. Um, at one sooner nut. His, uh, Wait a minute. The other thing is on on the on the on the the, the, the data and the in the technology, you can't believe that they're going to hire people and not give them the tools to do the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't that wouldn't make any sense. Right, right. So we'll see. You know, maybe, maybe that's part of the part of the strategy. Uh, at one sooner nut, his uh, you know, I don't want to get into politics here, but I'm this is sort of a political statement that I but I'm going to read it. His uh, Twitter name is Fire Mike Tomlin. His question is, he's got several questions. I'm going to ignore the one that uh, mentions the University of Virginia's basketball team. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? What do you think? No. Um, I don't does, know what it is, but it's not a sandwich. Just quickly, does pineapple belong on a pizza? Doesn't bother me, but a lot of people would say no. No, the answer is no to both those questions. Last one, should you put ketchup on a hot dog? Always. No, you should not. You can. I don't care if you do, but no, you shouldn't. See, you you are just so wrong on so many levels. I know. I know. That's why I like talking to you. You can set me straight. Um, <laughs> Jeff Walter at J. Aaron Walter, J. A. A. Ron Walter, says, Last March, the Phillies signed prospect Scott Kingry to a six-year, $24 million deal before the season even started. Uh, this removed any need to play service time games with him. What are the chances that the Reds do something similar with Nixon Zell, and would you be in favor of it? The Reds will not do it. Uh, I don't see any way to b- reason to believe they would do that. But, uh, man, I, I absolutely think they should. I agree with your first part and disagree with your second part. Again, Senzel has is yet to show himself being capable of staying healthy. If he had, if he had come through the minor leagues and played every you know full seasons every year, I'd be I'd agree with you. But he has he played a season where he hasn't gotten hurt. Well, yes, every season except for last year, 
It depends on your definition of gotten hurt. Okay, but he hasn't missed games for some illness or injury. Right. Last year was the first time he got hurt, and it was a fluke injury. I think you do need to worry about the – what you say is not unreasonable in terms of worrying about the vertigo. Um, it's got to be managed, and you just don't know. And so that would be the only hesitation I'd have. So he had so he had two injuries last year and the vertigo, right? No, nah, one injury and the vertigo. Well, he had a second one in the off season, I guess. He had surgery for it, but he didn't miss any time. Okay. Uh, that, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Um so but I, I think I would do it. I think it's we I think it's a really good gamble to take. Um at PSR nineteen seventy three, Philip Razor asks what is with Dotson's r- ridiculous accent? Does anyone think it's real? Hashtag viewer mail. What do you think about that? I'll let you handle that one. Well, I can tell you it's real. Uh, it is ridiculous. <laughs> this is another thing that we do agree on. It is real, except I think it's spectacular. Um, David Moore. At- I think it's spectacular. On your, I think it's spectacular on your wife. On you, not so much. <laughs> okay, there we go. I'll take that. I think. Uh, David Moore at D-A-T-A-H-A-M-O. I'm going to say that really bad if I don't just spell it out. Um, says, I'm in Oahu for one more day. If I bump into Yasiel Puig here, what would you like me to ask him? Can he play center field? Can he play center field? I would say, what's the chances you're going to sign a, an extension here soon to be with the Reds for the next three or four years? I'll tell you what, though. I, I'm not... I, Overall, and I and I said this when we when the, the first rumors first came up about him, you and I, and I don't know whether it was on here or whether we were texting or whether we were talking or what. I wasn't a big fan, but I'll tell you what, he sure has embraced this trade. I'm telling you, I love this guy. I love. I him. mean, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've seen you know flashes of. I guess it's his Instagram account or something. He's flashing his Reds colors all over the place. He's working out down there in Hawaii. He's got a sweat-stained Reds cap on his head. I mean, he's a guy that if he were to sign an extension, I think that uh, the city would ultimately embrace him big time because he would he, he would embrace being a Red. That's that's my opinion. Uh, you're going to have some guys who are going to get mad because he's flipping bats. But uh, at Tay Dunnett asked between uh, Puig and Alex Wood, which do you think is more likely to be extended? Wood. I think he's probably more likely to be extended as well, yes. Um, although you've got to convince him that he can be successful at Great American Ballpark, but also think you can throw some money at him. Puig, um, the Reds have other options in the outfield, so, you know, I don't know. Um, at Tex1737, ask if the Reds are in it at the trade deadline. Are we mortgaging the future for a rental piece? Ugh, no way. Do you I hope not. No, I mean, I don't mind them trying to improve at the at the trade deadline if they're sort of in it. But yeah, man, I, I guess it depends on on, on on how much you're talking about mortgage. You know, it, you know, you're, you're not going to – I don't trade green for a rental. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah trade green for a guy that uh, helps you in the second half uh, make a playoff push, but you've also got him for the next three or four years. Okay, I could do that too, you know. But We get a. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, I'm not going to read this uh, Twitter handle. I uh, appreciate you for the follow. What's your favorite sandwich? That's a, that's the question. I like a good grilled ham and cheese. Mm, grilled ham and cheese. I'm going to go with uh, a French dip. Oh, uh, let's see here. We got to. We got to go. We got a bunch of questions. Thank you all for sending these questions. Um, I don't know. There's one more here that I saw that I thought might be interesting. Here you we should go. highlight these or something. 
<laughs> What's that? You should highlight them so you're not having to. Nah, I'm just scrolling, baby. Oh, uh, oh, this isn't. See, I'm showing my age again. I figured these were on paper. <laughs> paper? What? What? What's paper? Oh, by the way, my subscription to uh, the Inquirer that I canceled, it was a digital subscription. I know you thought it was coming to my doorstep. William <laughs> Adams. That's a lot. That'd have to be a long throw by a paper boy. We want his arm in the outfield. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe in the bullpen. At Stubbs14, William Adams asks, um, since the Reds are going to make the playoffs, they need a little bit of postseason magic to be able to make a deep run. Is Scooter Jeanette, Jonathan India, Vlad Gutierrez, and Alfredo Rodriguez enough to get Madison Bumgarner from San Francisco? Now, the answer to that is who knows? Probably not. But Although maybe. But the, the other question really is, do you want Madison Bumgarner? Yeah. Uh, well, I, yes, in in a vacuum, but Madison Bumgarner has one more year on his contract. He's that goes back to the last question, you know, mortgage in the, fu- you know, the, yes. the possible future for a Bramble. Uh You know, I don't see, I, I, I don't do that deal because I don't like the idea of giving up anything of value for a guy that's going to be here <laughs> for a year Excuse at this me. point. You know, I agree. Uh, I think if they're going to get any other, I mean, he would be the number one guy, although he's declined a bit over the last few years, but he's still, you know, he'd be 29 next year. He's, he still would be the number one guy. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, although he's really probably more number two at this point, but I, I could live with it, but the Reds don't need to be getting any more of these uh, one year guys. We need We need a guy that's going to be here. And so I would not trade a guy like Jonathan India, although I'm happy to trade him in for, you know, some, some real value to help the organization and for years. Yeah, I just I don't see any reason to do that nope. right now. All right, well, uh, I'm glad we were able to cut it short this week, Bill. Like we discussed, <laughs> yeah, we always we always do, always do. You can subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio uh, wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us. Leave us a rating and a review, especially at iTunes. Uh, always appreciated, and it helps uh, it helps our people find us when you do that. Talk about us if you like us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. At Red Lake Radio on Twitter, at Red Lake Nation on Twitter, uh, RedLakeNation.com, where we've been talking about the Reds every single day since 2005. Wow. Um, that's, that's crazy. 2005. Yeah. Bill, any parting uh, thoughts for our uh, our wonderful audience here? I can't believe that my Musketeers beat your Georgetown uh, whatever they are last night. Really? I mean, you know, I cut out a UVA question earlier. and As bad as Xavier is, and your guys lost to him. Yeah, that's because Georgetown is really, really bad. I mean, aren't Xavier like, is too. Aren't they year. like twelve and two or twelve and three? Yeah, well, when you play, you know, they haven't played anybody. Arkansas They're like Little Rock, like St. John's, you know. Yeah, they played nobody. So, um, yeah, I've got some frustrations with them, and it my, comes. My, in, my Musketeers are going to take some lumps this year. They are, and it still remains to be seen whether or not uh, they got the right guy in place. Uh, I agree, but you know what? They haven't made a bad coaching decision since the seventies. Yeah. Give them the benefit of the doubt. There have been some great yeah, so coaches. Yeah, I mean, it's really there. hard to get second guess half, halfway into a guy's first year. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, give him some time, but uh, it they, does they've really got, They've got a big class, a, a really good class coming in next year. I've got real questions about whether Georgetown has a guy that can coach in there. I think he can recruit. Wasn't it a year ago you were saying what a good guy, what a good re- no, no, decision no. this was? No, bringing no. Him in? Go, go back and listen. I was skeptical. I thought we, I thought we talked about this. Oh. I thought you liked him. Uh, I like him. He's a legend. Well, I, I mean, I thought you liked him as the as the coach. No, I, no, I, no, no. I never did. Okay. No, I've tried to talk myself into it, but um, I'm I'm wavering. Anyway, um, Bill, always good talking to you, buddy. You too, my brother. 
For Bill Lack and Patrick Ewing, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.